You know, do you want to be on the show or not, Neo? Because I, I can't deal with this will they, won't they any longer. Well, I had to be fair. His bone was in here. And oh, okay. I, did, I, you know, he was Yeah, like, that's a, I understand that. Neo, come on. Where are you at, Neo? Get your shit together. Get up here. We need to have a conversation. Oh, hey, Neo. Hey. Hello. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Are you here for this or not, man? I need commitment. We have tens of tens of tens of followers. And they need to know that we're going to be putting out consistent content. Are you listening to me? Yeah. I'm playing quads. The fickle beast. So cute. Okay. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, or you're just a weirdo who's super <laughs> cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy. Because breast cancer is boring, but we and you mm-hmm. are interesting. I love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, first thing announcements it's still a pandemic so get vaxxed wear a max if you're axed and try to relax seriously though i'm i'm tired can i just say i started working in an er Mm -hmm. two months ago now so it's been two months and i love it it's great but i gotta tell you you walk into that place and you can feel the exhaustion like a waft over your entire body when you walk in yeah. People, nurses especially, are tired. Still doing the work. Still doing, like, still being awesome, but, like, super tired. Yeah, I uh, rounded on our med surge floor today, and I, yeah. I got that serious, like, heavy Did you feel feeling. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I definitely was like, somebody needs a hug. <laughs> Maybe it's me. I don't know. Somebody needs a raise and some paid time mm. off. Uh, hey, and it's um, nurses. So news on vaccinations. My uh-huh. youngest is being vaccinated. First vaccine on Monday. Oh, I am so yay. excited. Yeah. It got approved. Ooh. And I was like, hey, buddy, you're getting your first vaccine. He was so excited. Oh. Um. And once he's fully vaccinated, he'll go back to school in person. He's just thrilled about it. Yeah. That's so awesome. So now that we've lost half the audience to vaccine mandates, uh, endorsements. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, For those of you who are left, follow us on Instagram at Breast Cancer is Boring to get little animated clips of the podcast and pictures and um, politically inflammatory stories. Uh, which that's me, guys. That's that's not Lauren. <laughs> Lauren is a kind-hearted soul who would not wake up on any day and choose chaos and antagonism. I, on the other hand, I have enough chaos in my home. So, exactly. You don't have to go know. looking for it. <laughs> I don't know. Just enjoy a healthy discourse. Anyway, um. And also, IG is a little bit sporadic right now because, as previously mentioned, I have a new job. It's pretty intense, and uh, I'm not great at it. I'm not great at it, going to be honest. Uh, I'm on the path to competence. Uh, we're not there yet. It's. Uh, oh. like I, I thought you were going to say on the path to greatness, but no. Just no, not even. No, the path to greatness is like you can't um, get there from here. So you okay. have to. It's not. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Anyway, we have a bona fide comedian with us today on the podcast. So to make her feel welcome and comfortable, we are momentarily going to turn our podcast into a virtual comedy club, complete with a virtual audience <laughs> that will be reacting in real time. <laughs> We are going to have sound bites that were recorded live at the time that they were recording. So we're recording live, recorded live. I love that justification. That was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to the first annual Breast Cancer is Boring 
Comedy yeah. Showcase. Wow, 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 wow. Wrong one. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Wow. All right. Oh, we've got a great lineup tonight. We have the hilarious Tig Notaro and Hannah Gadsby's laughing sound bites from their shows. There are here. This one. It's Hannah Gadsby. This one is Tig Notaro. So just so you know when they go. And, (laughs) but the reason you're all here is our headliner tonight. And that is none other than the amazing, the hilarious, the talented Helen Park. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hello. All right. Calm down, everyone. Calm down. Calm down. Sit down. Everybody sit down. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, unruly crowd. They're really excited for you. Okay. Um, and because I want to make you feel comfortable, Helen, like you're at an co- actual mm-hmm. comedy show. As your MC and probably the club owner and probably the booker slash club owner, mm-hmm. I'm going to open with a little routine and it will, of course, uh, be about dicks. Yes. All right. Woo! 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 Dicks. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Um, I am a nurse, and few professionals are exposed to just like the sheer quantity of dicks Mm -hmm. that nurses are exposed to um, in the course of their workday. Two words, urinary catheter. Mm -hmm. Every penis owner listening right now just like had to clench their butthole a little bit. (laughs) Press pause. (laughs) To keep from shitting their pants. Um, with a penis, it's just like a straight shot. Like, there it is. And you think, all right, well, this is going to be easy. We're going to go in. We're going to go all the way to the bladder. Drain that sucker. Bada bing, bada boom, right? (laughs) But sometimes you go in and you get halfway there and suddenly it stops. And it won't go any further. And that is because you've hit prostate. Mm. Ah. And the prostate is the literal cock block. (laughs) The prostate is the chastity belt of the urethra. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she gets it. Um, The prostate is an evangelical teenager that believes in the abstinence-only approach to resolving urinary retention. Just the tip. Just the tip. Sometimes I think, like, I can kind of force it in there, so I just kind of keep going even when I hit it. We all do. We all do. You you will not meet a nurse that's not like, I can get past this thing. But then I feel it kind of coiling up inside the urethra, and uh, they feel it kind of coiling up inside the urethra. Coiling. Yeah, you can feel it. Like, yeah, so the urethra is stretchy, right? And so you just are trying to push it past that prostate. And so this kind of straight catheter starts going like this. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it expanding. Wow. The urethra uh, <laughs> are going in. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's crying, actually, in that. Mm-hmm. So, and like, I, you know it, and they know it, and you make eye contact, and you're both sweating, like, through your masks. <laughs> And then right. you finally get to the point where you realize, like, this isn't happening. You pull it out. You've got a bloody-tipped catheter, and you're just standing there sweating oh. through your mask. And anyway, that was my Halloween costume. So, that was my sexy nurse Halloween costume. That's it. Without further ado. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've set you up for some great success here, Helen. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Helen Park! Yeah! Hi, hi! Oh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm Helen. A little bit by myself. I'm actually pretty shy, and um, my friends know this about me, so I've I've been telling them I've been doing stand-up, and they're like, yeah, stand-up paddleboarding, right? Yeah. Nice. That, that makes sense for you. Um, I'm surprised myself that I'm compelled to do 
stand-up comedy like as a shy person it's really my most feared thing actually is my second most feared thing next to like getting cancer uh which i got last year and i survived hey yo hey yo it's a very strange laugh for what i just said so now stand-up has been bumped up to be my number one most feared thing um and i'm working through it uh so before my diagnosis um i actually took a stand-up comedy class and they said you know talk about you what makes you interesting and at the time i was like oh no there's literally nothing interesting about me but flash forward to now i've survived cancer kind of interesting uh so a lot of benefits to having cancer so uh you know when i got diagnosed with breast cancer uh, my surgeon told me that she's got to remove my boobs but if i want fake boobs then we have to plan that immediately because they could take out my old ones and stick the new ones in at the same surgery it's like a pig crew replacing a tire it sounded very very cool but i decided not to do it because I'm very cheap. Um, by having no boobs at all, I oh. save so much money. No more bras, and the entire kids section at Target is an option. No boy shirt is like seven bucks. <laughs> oh, plus I can now hug a male friend without worrying about giving him a little bit of a boner. So, so many benefits. It's very nice. So after the surgery, uh, they sewed me up very well. And I thought, like, what do they do with my boobs? And my surgeon told me that they slice them up like a loaf of bread to look at them through a microscope. I'm like, what? That's amazing. And also, can I have them when you're done? So she gave them to me. And then I had the slices preserved. So now it looks like a couple of 3D puzzles. And I gave this to my husband for his birthday because he loves puzzles. And he can play with my boobs again. <laughs> Holding for laughter and they double as a coaster. Oh. <laughs> this laugh track is killing me. So I am... I'm boobless now, and um, being boobless, I'm I'm feeling new feelings. Uh, similar to phantom limb, you know that thing where amputees can feel their severed limb? Um, when I hear that song by Robin that goes like, I keep dancing on my own, mm -hmm. I swear I could feel them jiggling around, but not on me, I can feel them in booby heaven. and. They're not alone. They're with their booby friends from other mastectomies around the world and they're dancing and they're together and I can hear them. They're like, we keep dancing on our own. And uh, they're having a great time. So I started phantom bra shopping for them because I want to be supportive and it fits my budget. The best thing about having cancer, stay with me now, um, was all the sweet, sweet attention I got. So when I got diagnosed, like everyone I ever knew, like estranged cousins, someone I met once in a parking lot, they all emerged sending me cards, flowers, pies. It was incredible. Uh, I'm done with my treatment now. I'm in the clear. Um, yes, I'm a cancer survivor. Yay, good for me. <laughs> Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stop. Stop, please. Um, so <laughs> because of that, no more check-ins, no more presents. Um, I miss it. Uh, anyone hear how the cigarette I can bum? Uh, <laughs> my husband who saw all this amazing attention I was getting, he was getting kind of jealous. So he went to get his balls checked for testicular cancer. And he said at the doctor's office, um, the doctor's office lights were dimmed down very low. 
and they were playing soft new age music. And the doctor would squirt lube on this little plastic stick and gently rub his balls. He's okay. He doesn't have testicular cancer, but he's going again on Monday. It's only his fifth time in a week, just to make extra sure that he's in the clear. Uh, yes, this is Art talking about testicles for two straight minutes. I was at a show the other night about to perform this this whole set what i just said and Mm -hmm. right when i got up on stage oh my god holy shit some random guy shouted at me to take off your shirt being boobless is so worth (gasps) moments like this i i said to him oh you want to see my boobs like sure man uh see this coaster right here uh i brought this from home here catch And that is all for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I want this laugh track in my life all the time. Oh. My <laughs> God. It cracks me up. <laughs> Especially that wheezy laugh. <laughs> that wheezy yeah, laugh. Yeah, so good. This lady is having time. the most fun at this show right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm the most concerned for her physical health as well. <laughs> she may have asthma. She may have a respiratory <laughs> virus. Are you vaccinated, ma'am? <laughs> that was excellent. Yes, thank you. You are very funny. And and I don't think people appreciate it. I try very hard. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard work, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to get into your comedy. But first, let's back up. And um, talk through your cancer experience. Yeah, okay. I'd love to hear about it. Let's do the funny part first. Uh, okay. Being diagnosed with cancer in a pandemic. How's, it, how's that been going? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've only had cancer once, so I have nothing to compare it to. Um, <laughs> Excellent point. So mm-hmm. uh, it seemed fine. I mean, I'm I'm really lucky. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, I, I am really lucky. I was in a city where like none of my treatments were delayed. I know that's not the case in every city. Um, so I was super lucky that I saw I got to mm. see the doctor very quickly. My mastectomy apparently was very speedy. We were able to schedule that quickly because there was no elective surgeries that was booking up the surgeon's times. Um, so that was all kind of (laughs) nice. Um, yeah, I was able to schedule things very quickly and easily. And yeah, it was, it was weird. (laughs) It was really weird. It was, it was very strange. It was, did it seem really fast to you? Like everything happened just like, you know, a diagnosis and then, you know, all of the steps that happened next just came very quickly, like one after yeah, the other. Yeah, it was shocking. Um, I I felt like I was in the mm. crash course getting a PhD in breast cancer. Like I didn't even know what the word oncology mm-hmm. was before this. So it was a lot oh, wow. to take in. Um, I've never had a baby, so I've never even experienced the healthcare system, really. I've only gone to the hospital for like um, I think I had my earring check, my hearing checked once, and that was it. Like that was the most intensive checkup mm. I've ever had. So it was it was intense. Wow. Um, but uh, having it happen during the pandemic actually was was kind of decent timing because like no one was doing anything, so I, I didn't have any FOMO. I was just at home too, like everyone else. So it was kind of nice. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've experienced such FOMO because my course was I finished everything, reconstruction, everything, right as the pandemic was starting. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my vision of 2020 for myself was first first year since 2018, no chemo. Hashtag no chemo. Uh, and Yeah. <laughs> and then I was going to get these new boobs out there. Like I had... <laughs> outfits I wanted to wear and show people and walk around and get like, you know, other women being like, I love your outfit. Hell yeah. <laughs> this was my dream. Like, oh my God, where did you get that? I love your shoes. Like I'm more than anything in the whole world. 
I miss that. I miss the catcalls from across the restaurant from another woman who is just like, I want what you have. I will do that for you, Jocelyn. Thank you, Lauren. I will. I need it. I will scream across the hall. I get a lot of my self-esteem from strangers yelling things at me. And I just, you know, like. By the way, I love your glasses. They're super cute. Thank you. Thank you. Right on cue. Helen coming through for me. I love them. Um, My sister, who occasionally will listen to this or like watch the clips, she's like, yeah, everything's great. I like it a lot. I don't know about those glasses. Ouch. What? I know. She doesn't like them. She thinks they're like, um, because they traditionally, the shape. How do I say this? Okay, watch any like Netflix series about a serial killer and they're all wearing oh. <laughs> these glasses. You know what I mean? Yeah. But That's you know what? They don't own yes. the aviator <laughs> yeah. shape with the flat top. They don't own this. The same way Top Gun hasn't cornered the market on aviator mm-hmm. sunglasses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So thank you. I enjoy them a lot. And I feel like they give me anonymity. Without the glasses, no one well. can recognize me. And when you have tens of tens of tens of followers, it becomes right. very important <laughs> that you're not immediately recognizable on the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, Clark Kent. Uh-huh. So as previously mentioned, I chose boobies. You chose mm-hmm. an aesthetic flat closure. Yes. And a question everyone asks after that, because boobs are the default. As a culture, we're like, you identify as female, you have boobs. This is what makes you a woman, you know, no boobs, not (laughs) no boobs. I'm confused now. I don't know whether to be attracted to you or not. Like that thing. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So since there's such the default, anyone who ever does an aesthetic flat closure, I feel like it's asked a lot, like, why or oh that's interesting if someone's trying to be polite or whatever you know yes it's a it's a tough one because i do miss having boobs Mm -hmm. and i was this close to getting it done and i 1000 percent respect and understand you and every other woman who's had it done Mm -hmm. i totally get it um for me though i i um what did it for me was learning that every 10 years you have to get them refreshed. Yeah. You have to go under the table again every 10 years. And I'm thinking, like, if I hopefully live to be 70, I'm going to go in as a 70-year-old woman to get my boobs done? Like, what? That sounds really painful. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. It just seems um, like... I have a very low threshold for pain. Mm -hmm. It just didn't resonate with me. When I went to see a plastic surgeon, I saw two, um, and I sat there holding the silicone insert. I mean, it's, I'm, on one hand, I'm marveling at like medicine and how they're able to make this thing that looks and feels so realistic. Yeah. And they're able to make this work for a lot of women. On the other hand, I just had this really sick feeling in my stomach that this uh, foreign object is going to be living inside my body um, forever and ever. Like, I even have a hard time with, like, a a plastic, like, applicator for tampons and stuff, you know, so uh, (laughs) maybe TMI. No, Um, no, not at all. Actually, mm -mm. I, I hate those plastic applicators. I've right. always hated them. I used those OB tampons when I had mm-hmm. a period, which I don't anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> menopause. Um, but Ooh. OB has those um, tampons that are just a tampon. And yeah. you just put yeah. your finger behind it and put it up there. Yeah. And I love the control I had with those. Like I could place them exactly where I wanted them. And there was no plastic. No plastic. Yeah. Less waste. Less waste. Exactly. Yeah. No, breast plants are definitely um, gross, especially if you've ever seen them come out of a person after 10, 15, 20 years. Oh, I'm sure. Because your body kind of accepts it as part of your body, and so it will kind of grow tissue around it. And you actually can be at risk for encapsulation, which is when your 
your body like adheres all the way around to the implant and wow. and that is a problem you have to have that surgically um fixed i don't so know that it's a risk wow. it's an absolute risk plus also then you have boobs which on the one hand you have boobs and i'm like yeah. oh cool i've never really had boobs before you know um but then on the other hand they're just like always there yeah so like um one thing i used to enjoy a lot was sleeping on my stomach like that's how i would sleep on my stomach half of my face just like pressed into the pillow like i'm breathing yeah. out of one nostril but it <laughs> yeah. worked i could do it i can't do that anymore i can't sleep on my stomach because of this implant oh yeah it's just uncomfortable i could probably find like a boob pillow that would let me do that mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i didn't really think about that when i got them you know i just knew i'd always they don't tell you wondered, these things these no. little details yeah yeah no, well, they don't even just having um having breast implants and they are technically look like boobs. I still have a hard time with like they're not really boobs, you know, mm. even though from the outside it might look like normal to other people. But to me, it's still like I and I've said this before, I've lost I lost them um, in March of 2017 they were gone mm. and it it doesn't matter what was put in their place it's they're no longer there mm. um and i i seriously considered a flat closure at first you did i did i absolutely did um you know and i think it i'd be interested to find out um if there's women that in the future, after having um, breast implants from having a mastectomy, whether they go and do a flat closure afterwards, you know, like what you're saying. I mean, I wonder if that's oh, yeah, a, you can always do it. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think I'm going to be in my 70s and be like, I want to get these puppies fixed again. <laughs> See, that's where we're very different. <laughs> I already have like my fashion aesthetic picked out for my 70s. Wow, really? Wow. Number one. Okay. I will be going like the way of like my goal for aging is like whatever I am now. Of course and you have this, Jocelyn. Ease into, <laughs> we ease into like Kate Blanchett. Okay. Okay. In my fifties, and then, and then I ease into Helen. Oh Mary. yeah. Oh, oh so yeah. She's I will be going hot. blonde. Oh, she she just has fabulous. She's a fabulous set of tits. Yeah. She just they're amazing. Oh, or like Helen Mirren slash Emma Thompson. Mm. Okay. I want that. Like Emma Thompson has that very moisturized skin, <laughs> but <laughs> she. <laughs> But she doesn't look like she gets fillers or Botox or anything. It's like she's let her face age naturally, which I think is something we're going to see less and less. And it's going to be more and more, maybe for me, it's like more prized to me because it doesn't look like so many other celebrities that you, you see their faces. And it's like this unnatural, um, unaging, which I'm not against. Like, right. I'm not against all that stuff, but. I just respect and I really like someone who just like looks that moisturized, but also mm -hmm. is just like, I am <laughs> the age that I you am. You will be very moisturized. I'll be very moisturized. <laughs> I will be wearing pattern on pattern and I will be getting my boobs refreshed. Okay. Yeah, girl. Get I it. I will. Get it. I will it. do that. <laughs> but if you're, if that's like not something that excites you or is part of your plan for your life, yeah. Then what are you what are you getting tits yeah. for? Yeah. I wear I used to wear sports bras all the time. I used to like mm -hmm. push them down and hide them. Like I've never yeah. dressed up like Jessica Rabbit or anything. Um sure. this is what I wear every day, uh, an oversized hoodie. <laughs> so cuz you're awesome. Cuz I'm yep. sure that's that's one way to put it. Thank you. And 
I love a hoodie. It's I love a really hoodie. Comfy. Yeah. yeah. Functional. Functional. Gets the job done. Safety first. Warm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um you talked about not wanting boobs just for strangers. Yes. Just for their comfort. Right. So it made me really think, like, who is this really for? If I'm already just kind of not uh, shown cleave, it's not really part of my my fashion language. My friends, mm-hmm. they'll be a very understanding. No, None of my friends are going to judge me for not having boobs. So who is this ultimately for? It'd be for strangers to, like, try to... Yeah. Like label me as a lady or not lady. So, um. A quick BSA, breast service announcement. Pronouns. Everybody has them. My pronouns are she, her, and so are Lauren's. Other common pronouns people may use are he, him, or they, them. So how can you tell what someone's pronouns are? Well, you can ask them. A good way to do this is by offering yours first. Hi, thank you for agreeing to be on the show. My name is pronounced Jocelyn and my pronouns are she, her. How can I pronounce your name and what pronouns can I use for you? Putting your pronouns next to your name in Zoom meetings, in your IG profile, or in an email signature is a nice way to indicate a safe space for others to do the same. If you get someone's pronouns wrong, that's okay. You just apologize and correct the mistake. What if you don't know what someone's pronouns are and you aren't really in a position to ask them? Well, then you probably don't need to know. The point is, use a person's correct pronouns. And the correct pronouns to use are the pronouns that the person tells you they are. Take every opportunity to create a safe space for others by assessing how you are assuming others' pronouns and look for opportunities to give that control back to the individual. Not every person with boobs is a she, her. Not every person without boobs is a he, him. Clothing, makeup, toilets, hairstyles and colors, these things have no gender beyond what society has assigned to them. So look for opportunities to recognize and dismantle this arbitrary gender binary. A good place to start is by following Alok on IG. They have a wealth of information on the subject, and the fashion is also not to be missed. Any time invested in learning how to treat people with kindness and respect is time well spent. So, spend some time on it. And now, back to the show. And uh, I know I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit with what we want to talk about, but Tig Notaro is a major influence uh, mm. for this decision and her special um, Boyish Girl Interrupted, where she, like two-thirds in her set, she just takes off her top, but she's got yeah. the flat enclosure, no boobs, no nipples, nothing, just a small scar, and doesn't even acknowledge it. She just starts talking about something else, and that's the end of her set, like never acknowledges. <laughs> it's so badass. It is badass. It is it is so like just this is who I am. I will not even I I it's not just that I'm not going to apologize for this, but I don't even need to go into it because your comfort with who I am is of secondary exactly. importance to me. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I went down a serious Tignataro rabbit hole when I was diagnosed because She's I, awesome. Yes. She's just awesome baseline. And I knew I like knew of her in my periphery because she's such a character mm-hmm. in and of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's just a special place in my heart for people who can take tr- things that are just tragic mm-hmm. that happened to you and mm-hmm. make them funny. Mm-hmm. Not people who look at other people's tragedies and make them funny, but people who right. can take their own real mm-hmm. tragedies. And 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 say, you know what? There's still mm-hmm. something funny about this. Like objectively, yeah, yeah. this is kind yeah, of funny, yeah. you know, like that. That is hard. Yeah, I think that's super hard to do. She was she was my spirit super animal. Hard. I consumed everything mm. she has out there. Fortunately, she has a lot. Yeah, she has like a book, two podcasts. A, She's a ton. one Mississippi. She has a documentary. Like I just consumed it all. She- She's, my treatment. she's in Star Trek Discovery. I know, I 
podcast. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know that. That's my other podcast is I'm on a Star Trek podcast. I've watched Star Trek from when I was a child. Are you serious? And yes, (laughs) I'm a huge, huge Star Trek fan. Please don't tell anybody that I said that. (laughs) Because it used to be really not cool. And I would hide in high school. I would hide it. But like it was not cool. But now it's cool again, and like it's okay to talk about it and have a podcast about it. But she's amazing, and like she's on Star Trek Discovery, and then she was on um, the Pod Directive, which may or may not be a podcast that I listen to about Star Trek. And she was just so funny on there, and she was saying like how hard it is to be among like all these actors who like are really good at the craft, and then here she uh-huh. is. And she has to remember like all these technical because she's an engineer on Star Trek oh. Discovery. So she has to remember like all these all the techno babble, uh-huh. you know, all these like made up uh-huh. terms and, and everything. And she was talking about how hard it is to like do that and how she just feels like she takes twice as much time as anybody. Anyway, this is a Tignataro appreciation <laughs> podcast now. So that's all we're gonna talk about. Um <laughs> you you also talked ab- about this struggle of being misgendered mm-hmm. because for whatever reason we have this culturally imposed bullshit beauty standard that women have boobs men don't there's no in between yeah, yeah. nothing yes. exists i've i've noticed so in the past you know men would check out my boobs look away you know standard mm. now uh <laughs> <laughs> it is though it's just standard now with no boobs short hair um (laughs) when i'm in when i'm in cities other than sf la i i see people look at like just very brazenly look at me look at my chest look at me i'm looking right at them and i could hear the wheels turning (laughs) it's just does not compute does not compute like can't figure it out wow um and it's it's not just men it's women too yeah it's funny that i outwardly present as part of the trans community i'm only hypothesizing based on Mm -hmm. the looks i get (laughs) um no one's ever said that up front Mm -hmm. um but that's that's the that's what i'm gleaning I think that because of the way people look at me and it's messed up and it's like, who the crap are you? Uh, if I am, Mm -hmm. so what if I am, Mm -hmm. why, why must anyone have to explain themselves for how they appear? It's infuriating. It is. It's really messed up. It's really messed up that there's anyone who feels that entitled to your, to that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is that's an entitlement. Absolutely, that's someone, yeah. yeah, like demanding yeah. information from you that should be yours to choose whether you or not you share. Yeah. How does that affect your life? Right, like, we're what? waiting for the bus. Wait, right, what? how does it make your day any different, or your life I any think different? It all boils down to people seeing other people as objects and Mm -hmm. not people and seeing other people as objects to either be attracted to or be repulsed by. Mm -hmm. And if you don't Mm -hmm. tell them Mm -hmm. what your gender is or whether that was the gender you were assigned at birth, then they don't know whether or not to be repulsed by you or attracted to you. Mm -hmm. And for them not knowing is, is not, they can't have unanswered questions. I feel like if I'm to stereotype, these are the kind of people who everything is black and white. Things are either are or they are not. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. These are obviously not people who have ever studied quantum mechanics because they think that things are what they are at every point in time and nothing can ever be both or neither, which is just not supported by science or math. But I kind of liken it to when I was bald from cancer, I covered my head and I would, I would watch all these kinds of YouTube videos and 
like wrap my headscarves in like all these elaborate ways because that mm-hmm. was fun for me. And I did try and like be really aware as a white girl of cultural appropriation because a lot of these tutorials are brown girls showing you how to wrap these headscarves because for them, it's not like a moment in time where they don't have hair. It's that they're covering their hair for religious or cultural reasons. Um, Living in Texas and working at the level one where we would get a lot of rural families in whose family members would be flown in from these rural parts of Texas because of a a trauma. Right. Um, And I would be just walking around in the cafeteria. This is pre-pandemic. Everybody's around. And I would see certain people just staring at me, Mm -hmm. just staring at me and staring at my headscarf because I looked healthy. I understood how to fill in my brows and I researched how to use bronzer. So I looked healthy. I did not look like a woman going through chemo. Mm-hmm. And so these people were, would just blatantly, like you, you described, blatantly stare at me. And I sincerely think that they were trying to decide whether to feel sorry for me uh-huh. because I had cancer yeah. or whether to judge me because I had a religious preference that didn't match their own. E- right. Exactly. Yes. And you know it. You know I, it you when it's happening feel to it. you. I can you can feel, feel energy. it. I, yes. mm-hmm. And then you turn and there they are and they're just staring at yes. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yes. exactly it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you could just, like you said, you can literally hear like the wheels turning yeah. in their head. Yeah. 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 And it's really hard not to be offended by that. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of family members that wear the hijab and I can, and when I was covering my head, because mm-hmm. it was cold <laughs> from from being bald, um, and I I don't I obviously don't wear the hijab, but I have a lot of family members that do. But you're right. I bet you that is very similar to the looks and and feelings that they may have experienced. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, even now if you've been wearing it a long time, you're probably um, used to that, which is kind of sad. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, you're totally right. Absolutely. And there's all different kinds of religions that wear hair coverings. Um, mm-hmm. Not just one. There's, there's actually a lot and they have yeah. different ways to wear it. Even in the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. there are parts of the Jewish faith that the women wear wigs on top of their natural hair. Mm-hmm. You, you don't show your natural hair to the public mm-hmm. because it's a modesty thing for you from what I understand. And mm-hmm. uh, my understanding is very shallow, having been raised evangelical. <laughs> so the Jews are all going to hell. But other than that, such nice people. Um, <laughs> obviously, I don't believe that. That's childhood trauma that I was referencing earlier. Mm. Um, anyway, don't worry. I pay professionals good money <laughs> to uh, <laughs> take care of that. <laughs> Um, but there are some plus sides too. Um, for example, um, when I'm wearing like a tank top and I'm out and about in SF, um, I, uh, sometimes, um, I'll notice like really cute boys checking me out. I mean, like super, super cute. Like when I used to look more cisgendered with boobs and long hair, guys like Mm -hmm. these were not checking me out. And I realized like, oh no, these these super cute boys are, they're, they're, they're gay boys. They think, and I, I feel bad for the false advertisement, but I do like (laughs) the attention. So I'll take it. Uh I'll take it. Take the attention. Take it. Wow. Oh my God. You're you're out there catfishing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I, I had people call oh. me sir when I was going through chemo and I had like my hair had grown back just a tiny bit and then somebody saw me from behind there like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. And I'd turn around and be like, uh, be like, it's okay. What's up? <laughs> and they're horrified. Well, they're it's, horrified. It's funny because I remember going out and, um, you know, I too like to wear big sweatshirts and especially if I'm just going to like 
the gas station or, mm. you know, I'm, I'm going comfy and, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to put makeup on my face or anything. And I had a shaved head. So I, I definitely got some people that you could see it mm-hmm. just like what you're saying, going, wait a minute. Mm. I think that's a lady. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> It's okay. I'm so interested in this though. Like, people are obsessed with knowing other yes. people's genders. Yeah. And, like, so, like, that's like a, I'm not putting any emotion in that statement, right? Like, that's kind of an academic thing to say. There's a general fascination with uh, identifying others' genders. And then the way that this gets ugly, I feel, is when people demand to know mm-hmm. your gender and they demand to be able to predict where you will go in certain spaces, what bathroom you're going to use. Just like very generally the, oh. the, like all these gender conversations are very interesting in the context of just anything, but especially mm-hmm. in the context of like breast cancer where some of us are losing the parts of ourselves that are generally and culturally considered to belong to the gender we identify with. Yeah. Whether that's boobs or whether that's just mm-hmm. general like hormones mm-hmm. like estrogen and progesterone, <laughs> which chemically it's likely that right mm-hmm. now I'm closer to a man mm-hmm. than I am a woman, you know, but no one's coming after me because physically on the outside, I present as something that they can recognize. And I'm speaking mostly about men, even though I know it's not specifically men, but yeah. I feel like a lot of the aggression and anger does come from men. And I feel like, and I don't think I'm, I like came up with this, but I think it is that they just don't know whether or not to be attracted to mm. that person. And they are terrified of being tricked into being attracted mm-hmm. to someone of the same sex mm-hmm. or a non-binary mm-hmm. person or someone who doesn't mm-hmm. identify right. or a transgender mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. I think they're mm-hmm. terrified of that mm-hmm. and they're like terror. And, and some part of that, some part of that anger and, and like, attitude belongs to women it's like yeah. projected onto women who decide to have an aesthetic flat closure do you guys remember that saturday night live skit of pat, pat. oh yeah yeah <laughs> and they were obsessed <laughs> yeah. about which bathroom he or she was gonna go into do you which, remember that yes which they never oh, they, aired it was it was all about it was like a recurring set mm-hmm. and they were always trying to trick pat into yeah. identifying yeah. whether they were male or female. Yeah. Like they didn't know. And it was like, it's Pat. And they were yeah. like, Pat, here, and that here is are these so crazy cupcakes. How... There are pink cupcakes and yeah. blue cupcakes. And which one would you like? And yeah. Pat would always be like, I like both colors. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I thought yes. it was hysterical. <laughs> but in like the current context, I'm not sure. That might be kind of gross i don't know you know what i mean that might be like uh-oh that didn't age well but right but, but i think there the was jokes an obsession the there people in the skit yes i there think the an... jokes are on the other people in the skit yeah the people who are obsessed with yeah. it their obsession you know? with figuring out what gender mm-hmm. that's exactly this absolutely like, totally touches on what you're talking about it's also just like not necessary no it's not necessary it's not even necessary in medical terms like mm-hmm. as a nurse, it's the same. Speaking of dicks and vaginas and urinary catheters, whether you have a dick or vagina, both, you, I'm just looking for a pee hole <laughs> on you. And yeah. it's the same catheter. <laughs> now, whether or not you have a prostate and whether or not that prostate is enlarged, I may be interested to know, but that doesn't determine for me what your gender is, mm-hmm. you know? And one of the things I really love about the hospital I work at now is they have, when they register patients, they have a place to put their pronouns. They have a place to put their preferred name and they have a place to put their pronouns so that we don't walk into a room and just assume Mm. that because this person is male presenting or female presenting, or even because this person has a penis that they identify as male. Mm -hmm. So, or vice versa has a vagina. They may identify as male. So. I really, I really like that because you're already in a vulnerable, vulnerable position in the hospital. You're already at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. we don't need to add on top of that being misgendered or misrepresented Mm -hmm. or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think that's pretty great. I think we're moving that way. I just think depending on where you live, like you said, Helen, if you're in San Francisco, if you're in LA, not really an issue. No, not at all. But there are probably parts of the U.S. that you would go to that could be problematic for you. Yeah. Just yeah. because of who, it, because you had cancer. Yeah. With all this adversity in your life, um, it's really weird that you got into comedy. How did that happen? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> What? Where'd that go? Random. Um, why did I do this? Uh, it's because I mm. um, had so much content. So much. I, I went through the whole thing, the double mastectomy, chemo, radiation. There is a lot to talk about. Uh, mm. And I imagined uh, you, you are familiar with. And um, I wanted to talk about it. And I think I exhausted my friends um with the same stories <laughs> but i wanted to keep talking about yeah. it and i've definitely exhausted my partner at home so my friend uh, my good friend shirin who's also super into comedy she told me about at the time during the height of the pandemic open mics were all on zoom and so she invited me to oh. join one and it was awesome it felt so good to unload that story to a grid of strangers and then I learned there was this like whole spreadsheet of open mics on Zoom hosted from all over the world. You could literally do an open mic like in all your waking hours, seven wow. days a week during the pandemic. It was a magical time. And so, <laughs> yeah. I, what a time to be alive. It really was. A pandemic. <laughs> Zoom uh, comedy. Zoom comedy was amazing. That's awesome. That is I love how it cool opened up something for that you. That came out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It really did. And it, yeah. it really like flipped a little switch for me. Like I used to do a little bit of, I dabbled in sketch comedy and some improv. Haven't done it for years and years and years. And then I don't know, something about this diagnosis really gave me permission for myself to just go mm-hmm. out and goof around again and do some performing arts and uh, play around with comedy in the comedy space again and, um, stand-up comedy over Zoom in particular is so easy and accessible to do and I, I was I was hooked I was doing like two to three a night <laughs> for a period whoa wow yeah it was it was super that's fun. awesome and you were saying that you could do it in different countries or different yeah. areas of the country I uh, I went to one that was hosted in Hawaii um, in the UK or, or Scotland, um, oh. one that was hosted in South Africa. And it was just meeting these wow. comics from all over wow. the world in the country. It was so, so cool. Uh, made a friend in Malaysia. It's like, what? What is this? Oh, no. It's crazy. Wow. And I feel like that is to the pandemic the same way that, like, like there's nothing good about it global pandemic right but good things happened and are happening during and that's down to people people made that happen despite what was going on yeah like similar to like there's nothing good about getting breast cancer no but like if you can build a comedy routine around it that's down to you making something out of shit Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. you know it just seemed like a much better alternative to what I was doing otherwise, which was sitting around watching Shit's Creek and sporadically crying. Hey, we all were there. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The random ass crying yes. stuff. Yes. Continues. It does continue. I don't think yeah. that gets better. I don't think that gets better. It's a traumatic event. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's not yeah. like. It's not like it's done, you know? No. Yeah. It's not so, done, yeah. It's, uh, it's intense. Even though pe- people yeah. think it's done. They're like, oh, you're done? Yeah. You done? That's like a very common. And to people in my life, I have to yeah. be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 All done. Yeah. yeah. 
what a weird and crazy yeah. time we all went through. <laughs> I didn't know that either until I had this. Like, I thought it was just black mm-hmm. and white. Like, so you get it and then you're done and then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turns out. It's Yay. always with you. Mm-hmm. New Yay. best friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like childhood yeah. traumas. Uh-huh. It'll yeah. always be there. <laughs> Uh, yeah um i've been on your instagram page and it looks like you may have been doing some mm in-person comedy finally oh that's so cool how's Um, that how much time do we have (laughs) (laughs) oh this is complicated this is a complicated answer yeah or this okay Okay. i want um well well for starters like the highs are are higher in person and the lows mm. are much lower, as you can imagine. Like uh, on Zoom, yeah. you bomb. It's like no big deal. You just close your laptop and you just go back to your potatoes that were baking in the oven. Whatever. You know, no big deal. <laughs> uh, bombing in person, you know, I, I want to crawl into a hole and die. But of course, there's the inverse. Like if if your mm. jokes land, if my jokes land the way I intended it to in person, oh my god, it's like it's this is why people are addicted to this. Like it's just riding that perfect wave, man. Okay. It's the best. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned with Zoom, like I met comics from all over the world. It was so cool. But over Zoom, it's very inclusive. Like. Um, to to different types of people, such as myself, a woman. Um, and in person, at least in San Francisco, uh, it's very male-dominated um, with cisgender men, mm. uh, which is fine. Can't see how that would be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So just imagine, like, you're in a dark bar, there's 20 cisgender mm-hmm. guys are the only female and the guys one after another are talking about how lonely and horny they are mm-hmm. and how much they hate their wives. Like I just don't feel oh. very safe in this space. Right. Whereas on zoom, I've had heard content like that, but you know, yeah. you have the old like volume buttons here on your computer and you just, <laughs> boop. <laughs> Yeah. No big deal. You could. Okay. Hear me out on this one. I want you to do this. (laughs) I want you to bring like a large framed portrait Uh of yourself or like a photo of yourself and just bring it with you. And whenever someone comes up that you're just like not into it, I want you to just put that on the table with the drink and then just like walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Like as though that's your like (laughs) mute button. Turning yeah. my video off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could even I do want a, this. I want to normalize yes. that yes. in real life. Yes. A picture That's of yourself with like, you know, the yes. pause button uh-huh. on the front. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be really good. In conclusion, not everything about cancer is funny, but some of it is fucking hilarious. Boobs are objectively funny. Just yes. objectively. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our guest, Helen Park, hilarious comedian. Thank you so much for having me here. It's so fun chatting with you too. Follow her on Instagram to find out what shows she's going to be at, at Helen, <laughs> H-E-L-E-N underscore E-L-E-R-K. <laughs> Helen Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, Zoom comedy shows are worth it and you should all go to one. Honestly. That's right. At first, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to the Zoom comedy show. But they're funny. They're, mm-hmm. It's comedy. It's funny. It's like watching a Netflix comedy special, except you can laugh and they can hear you. <laughs> so Exactly. Kind of great. As long as you're following Helen on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Leave us an Apple Podcast review, please. Um, I get my validation from strangers like you. So please <laughs> validate me. <laughs> I need it. I'm new at my job and I suck. And uh, so I need to be good at something. So please make me feel like I'm good at this. Um, 
Lauren doesn't need it. That's why I say I. Lauren knows she's really good at stuff, and she's also a karate master. So. I'm not a karate yeah. master. You are a karate. No. You are a karate master in training. A kar- I am uh, not a master a- in training. Oh, I'm I sorry. Am- you're a candidate for karate master. I am a candidate for a black belt, but for not a, a karate black master. No. Belt is the highest belt you can get. That there's nowhere to go from there. She's basically Master Splinter at this point.